0: Pokemon's not a sport. It's close, but it's not. Let's say you're playing tennis. If you're playing tennis, you work on your backhand, you work on your forehand make sure your shots get better. And as they get better, the strategies you employ become different depending on your individual skill and how good your shots are, where you put the ball, everything like that. In Pokemon, whilst there's a whole lot of fundamentals you have to work on, the strategy you employ within the game is the same whether you're the best player in the world or whether you started a week ago, especially when it comes to things like matchups. So if you're a coach or you're trying to get a coach, what's really important is not what they've done. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many tournaments they've won. It doesn't matter the accomplishments they have. All that matters is A, they can deliver information really well, especially and in a way that will work for you. And the second one is that what they're giving you is right. Because a lot of the strategy is binary. Doesn't matter how good you are, doesn't matter how good your fundamentals are, it's right or wrong. So, you can teach well, and what you're teaching is correct, Sounds like you're a good coach.
1: Yo, and welcome to the 136th episode of Lake of Rage Pokemon Trading Card Game Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clemente, aka Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by a very special temporary guest host, joining us for like the fifth or sixth time. You are one of the most decorated guests we've ever had. We have the one... Not
0: not enough times.
1: I mean, we'll have you on more often if you want. The people love the one and only Henry Brand. Henry, how you doing today?
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Mellow. Thank you. I'm doing great.
1: Uh, As a little bit of a... So everyone knows where we are in time. We were recording this before the Charlotte regionals. And that's going to be relevant because we're not going to talk about it whatsoever. Although from the... Pass, I would like to congratulate Xander on winning with Mew. Henry, would you like to predict the winner of Charlotte while we're here?
0: Um, I think Gardevoir is going to come second and it's going to brick and lose to something. Fusion Mew sounds possible. Um, yeah, I think I'll congratulate the second place Gardevoir player.
1: (laughs) You'll love to see the Guardy Believer out here. Uh, But anyway, so we are recording before Charlotte Regionals because I made this tweet on the at Lake of Rage Twitter account. You should follow it. Hey, I'm kind of sick of the meta right now and I don't want to talk about it. And so I was thinking, all right, who is not going to Charlotte Regionals? And who can kind of address this thing that we've seen recently on Pokemon Twitter, which if you're not on Pokemon Twitter, congratulations, but people are once again insulting coaching in the pokemon trading card game and it may seem like i feel like Melo. you brought this up on a couple episodes back yeah this seems to happen every what two months henry is that yeah oh yeah
0: yeah right. <laughs> well even pokemon twitter is stuck on about like eight conversation topics <laughs> so yeah
1: that's this, this is definitely one of them and it will continue to be one of them apparently
0: yeah without a doubt we saw vgc just actually had their first discussion on it so they're coming into their own <laughs>
1: good for them you'll love to see that community really uh growing and evolving into what we are Let's <laughs> uh, so yeah we're going to talk a little bit about coaching the who what why how uh i have a very positive view on it. i assume henry is going to have a positive view on it as well and then we're gonna talk about improving in the game as well because i think henry you have some of the most nuanced views on how to improve in the pokemon trading card game and that's why i love giving you this platform to share slash Uh, share with me so that i can also improve at the game right
0: yeah no absolutely i mean just even before we yeah you know get into what they've been talking about specifically at least my experience with i mean obviously it's no it's no secret i do coaching i think i definitely don't advertise very frequently but it does you know i I do do it and i've done it for a long time and i think it's interesting because the first like i started because i got my friends into pokemon right Mm -hmm. and to teach them how to play right and and that genuinely, that was one of the first things. And so I essentially, for like a full season, like two of my friends that started, I basically coached them like every time. You know, obviously we it would end up, we'd test together and stuff, but there always is that element of like, oh, you should be doing this, but how best can I convey it? So mm-hmm. I started off like that. Um, and, you know, my friends that I'm doing well, you know, they got their worlds invites, stuff like that. Um, but it was definitely informal. And I think there's less obligation because even though it's your friend, it's different. But I think the big thing, at least for me, is that someone's paying me money. That's a big responsibility. <laughs> make sure that they're getting something out of it you know what i mean maybe different people have different different feelings but like i there are definitely times where like you know someone will have to reassure me like no, not that often but like yeah like i got something really good out of that i'd be like i don't mm-hmm. feel if we were that productive today and they're like no no it was it was good okay yeah okay, that's that's fine so there's a lot from that angle but what have the people specifically been saying about it kevin
1: yeah, so from what I've been seeing on Twitter now, I am kind of connected to Pokemon Twitter in that I scroll through it too much, but I will admit that I uh, try and avoid most of the drama whenever possible, but it really mm-hmm. seems like we're back in this discourse of you need accomplishments in order to be a good coach, and that's something that keeps coming up, like y'all ain't got top eights, like what are you doing out here, like who what qualifies you possibly, and there also just seems to be a bit of an underlying why is anyone getting coaching to begin with that seems to be a like okay we accept you know henry's a world champion azul is a you know multiply ic champion like they can coach but like Mm. eh, everyone else why is all this stuff really happening why are there so many why are there so many without accomplishments that's really the vibe that i'm getting out of this and it really seems to be putting down the whole concept of even getting coaching and Mm. i mentioned this in the pre-listen of why this matters to me uh so i'm a teacher right uh it's literally my job to help people improve in the subjects that I teach, right? And sometimes that includes getting a tutor. And then also, when I started playing the game, I, you know, I was a late in life player. I was like twenty-seven, which is old enough, right? I was like, all right, I got money, I ain't got time. I'm going to hire a coach. So I got coaching when I very first started and it was leaps and bounds it made me so much better than, you know, going to league. And I'm like, all right, I want to be competitive. And then after like a couple of coaching sessions, you know, I was winning League Cups. I was getting points at all my regionals, blah, 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 blah. So like to me, I'm reading all this stuff. It's like, I hate this. I hate this with such a burning passion. And so Henry, that's why I brought you on. Can you share some of your insights for individuals yeah. of coaching?
0: absolutely i mean first let's talk about we'll address the debate and then we'll go into i think discussing coaching in general as a concept but so there's a couple different points uh there's arguing the efficacy of it how useful Mm -hmm. is it actually um there's arguing what you need to be a coach what makes a good coach everything like that um i uh, as we see, made a video about it a very short one i have so many more opinions there's (laughs) actually a good place to to be able to voice it but i think the the main biggest point is is can you coach without accomplishments Mm -hmm. so i think that I mean, what I said in my video is that you have to do two things. You have to teach well, and you have to... What you're teaching has to be right, because Pokemon, the strategies are the same, regardless of, you know, how good you are, if you're brand new. If you're playing a certain matchup, you will play it the same way, regardless of your, like, fundamental skill level. And Mm -hmm. maybe you'll have different scenarios, but, you know, if your opponent he's playing Giratina, you'll always want to do... And they attack you with Cram, you'll always want to do the same thing in response, like, in that situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? um, so that's that's like the, the main contention. And the argument is, I guess, that the real only benefit of accomplishments is that it makes you, as someone um, looking for a coach, maybe feel a bit more confident that they will be right, because mm-hmm. they have the results that, in theory, should be gained by being right. Uh, but... They also could have got the results without being right because they might be really good at solving in-game situations and playing themselves but they might not either you know maybe they can play themselves out of bad situations maybe they can just uh they can't explain very well but maybe they know what's going on um uh, so there is a lot of those those little things that could change the the answer mm-hmm. um especially when it comes to, you could have no accomplishments but you could also know exactly what you're talking about and You know, whilst this is unlikely, but I think people say it's not like a sport, you don't need the athletics, so you should always do well. Mm -hmm. Yes, but also, like, it's a nine-round tournament followed by a six-round day two, you could know perfectly what to do, but executing it with stamina is another question. So Mm -hmm. maybe you're really good at teaching someone younger what to do, and then they, you know, go in and there you go. Like, some of these sports, you know, reaction speed and, and, you know, critical thinking in the moment, so it all changes.
1: This podcast is sponsored by TC Evolutions. TC Evolutions offers some of the highest quality trading card games, accessory including dice, V star markers, ability use markers, and more. So, if you're looking to win in style, be sure to check out TC Evolutions and use code LAKE10 for 10% off your order. That's L A K E and the number 10 for 10% off your order and help support the podcast. Can I? Ask a question then. One thing that I had heard when I was first starting, this is what 2018, 2019, or whatever. Someone, I forget who exactly, had mentioned Mm. how a lot of the top players don't actually realize what they're doing turn to turn that makes them a top player. Like a lot of players will instinctively do things either because they played for a decade or there's just this natural calculation in their head or something that they don't realize they're doing that the average player doesn't do. Is that something that you think is, I guess, even still true if it ever was true?
0: Yeah, I think absolutely. It didn't open my eyes when coaching opened my eyes in this, in a massive way, because when you're, I mean, when you're good at something, when you've done it for so long, things seem quite easy, Mm -hmm. especially, I think the comparison to a sport is kind of nice because like, you've been playing tennis for 10 years, you've got stronger calf muscles than someone who just started a year ago. And so obviously you're going to be better, right? But these kind of things, like maybe I'd think were really obvious. And then when I start coaching, I'd be like, no, actually, like, I do know what I'm talking about. And I feel <laughs> like maybe some of this stuff is not that straightforward. Um, mm-hmm. And you see how different people think, but also different people make completely different mistakes to the next person. Um, there's a whole bunch of nuance, but I would say by and large, yeah, like often it's very easy for top players to not know. What they're doing because i mean this is almost a separate topic but there is a concept of talent in even in card games mm-hmm. and so sometimes the really talented might not be able to explain how they got there
1: i think that's actually something that a lot of people like you said struggle to fully grasp but there are people who are just going to pick it up and be better at the pokemon trading card game that others will be right and it seems so mm-hmm. silly because you're like every single one of us should be able to get to let's use Tord as example Every single one of us should be able to get to towards level, maybe we could, but it's gonna take different amounts of time, different amounts of work, right? Maybe it's gonna take one person playing for eighteen hours a day, another person's gonna take them six hours a day, and for another person, maybe they can get there in you know a few years of occasionally playing because they've just got this back of their hand knowledge that is just absolutely nuts, so yeah, that's yeah. It's something that we don't think about because you're like, well, dull LeBron, he's six foot eight and he can jump through the roof. Of course, he's good at basketball, but like,
2: yeah, of, yeah,
1: yeah, there's plenty of people who are like, they look, just look at the game and they're like, well, I automatically know how to sequence. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, that's sick.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there's so much, you know, there's so much maths to Pokemon. There's so much mm-hmm. everything like that. I mean, I came up, I started as a child playing chess tournaments. I think I have mentioned that a few times, but I mean, starting from that is an insane Like place to start from in terms of like strategic thinking but also sitting down and doing like swiss tournaments and stuff like i'd already eased into it i mean i played for a long time as well even from from now um but often that maybe comes more naturally but what if you were you know you grew up and your hobby as a child was painting Mm -hmm. and then you you're really into pokemon cards and now you're like all right but you you don't have that pre-existing skill set and then i think this is important if you don't try and acquire that then you're trying to like go in with uh basically, unprepared,
1: oh yeah, so i think as just as a summary, you're saying that the accomplishments are obviously not necessarily the primary mover of a good coach
0: yeah, I think it's really important, and i i for anyone who who does coaching and like I really emphasize that you, like at least I feel that you do have a responsibility and <laughs> i mean I personally as well, just something to mention is that I've gotten coaching um once or twice. Not in the past, not before I won Worlds, recently. Um, And the reason is that, you know, I don't have, like, infinite time. Mm -hmm. Um, If you would have put me in a game and I'm playing a certain deck, I'd be able to figure out what to do. But maybe I don't have the knowledge on hand. Uh, Or I might encounter a situation when I'm coaching and maybe I'm not 100% sure. And I should be. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if if someone wants my help, I should be sure. Uh, And so occasionally, like, I'll, you know, find someone who's, like, very knowledgeable on a deck and rather than you know play maybe what 10 hours of, of games that it might take, I'll talk to them, go in with a couple of questions and feel nice at someone that I trust and respect. And it helps me out a lot. And that's mm-hmm. coming from, I feel like I don't need the fundamentals and the sequencing element of it, but just a quick crash course on matchup theory is super useful. Even just to double check and give myself some confidence. Um, so I think that's very useful, but you have to make sure you know what you're talking about and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter on accomplishments. Um, but also I think, as well like make sure you've got if you don't have that many accomplishments mm-hmm. and you do want to coach make sure you know what you're talking about and definitely start like you know doing um locally and, and coaching people locally and get some experience because if you don't have accomplishments you better make sure that you've got some kind of like draw a card and appeal
1: yeah i and you can add to this too but that's one of my biggest pet peeves when we see this massive i don't know if pet peeves are right word, whatever this massive amount of people go to medify type in pokemon trading card game and you're just like inundated with names and people and someone are like you play the game and even if you click on them you're like yo you got okay two top 16s in a row like clearly you know what you're doing
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, if you don't know who these people are no one's gonna hire you so coaches the biggest thing yes. is you need to put your voice out there somehow I have seen so many names and it's not even like, I don't know if this person's good or not. And I get asked all the time, not to coach, not anymore. When I used to stream, I got asked all the time, but now it's like, Oh, who do you, yeah. re- who do you recommend? I cannot recommend most people purely because I've never heard them talk about the game. Like maybe I've heard them on one meta discussion. That's not actually helpful. Like you saying that MUV max is going to be the most played deck. That's, that doesn't tell me anything about you as a coach. Like you need to get out there, work with a content creator, write an article, make your own videos. DM me if you're like, hey, I'd love to talk about this deck I did really well with and talk about the ins and outs. Give something for people to actually know that you know what you're talking about. And I think mm. it's just we're missing that so, so, so much. Out of the 50 people on Metify, there's like a dozen who you can go find content that lets you know they know what they're talking about. Or uh maybe not, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that you've now nailed- I hit the nail on that, is exactly what I was gonna say. I mean obviously you can kind of tell that this is the way I've approached things. I should be a coach's coach as well, but um, (laughs) basically like, like we said, right. You can be a good, you can also part of the other discussion for coaching without accomplishments and stuff, which I, again, I think is totally fine is that you can be a great teacher and also people can fit with different coaches differently. So you might, two people might be really great and explain things in different ways. And one might be better for you, the other for someone else. And I think, like you said, getting your voice out there is the way for people to, to see that. So many of the people, the clients I've got have just said, you know, uh, we heard you exp- uh, explain this. Uh, we like the way you explained it. Uh, we thought we'd learn, um, you know, get along and, and learn and personality wise as well. Mm-hmm. And that's most of it, honestly. I think that's and it's going to do you much more mileage than just, you know, trying to advertise or putting up like that. Like talk, talk about something and then people will, will see if they like that or not.
1: That's also a good like. Just everyone in their life has been through school. Think of your favorite teachers, right? You liked them, kind of regardless of the subject or the way they teach. And they're Okay, there's some exceptions to that, I'm sure, but like most people have been like, no, I like them, and I like the subject and what they're teaching. And that's ex- I think exactly what you're saying, right? Like you have to mesh with the person.
0: Can I? I want to share like one of my favorite stories. Well, it's Happened a couple times now. It's happened a couple times, but I've um. Uh, I had a student once and I taught the two kids um, and I taught the dad first mm-hmm. and then I taught these kids and, and one of them, he was, you know, in his t- teenage years and he he was like probably senior and he, he said, oh, um, and this is after like an hour of coaching at this point, maybe a little bit more, you know, I, I think I met him and his dad um, at a regional and then he was like, oh, what's your best placement at a tournament? <laughs> <laughs> he asked me uh He's like, he's like, have you, you know, have you made top eight at a regional before? And I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like. And so the kid had no idea, right? The kid had no idea that I, I'd, you know, won worlds or anything like that. But the whole time he was super engaged. He was asking me questions, and so he had no idea about my accomplishments. But mm-hmm. he still, like, I guess understood that, like, the stuff that I was t- teaching him, and and I guess we were getting along and having a good time. And then I was like, yeah, like. He's like, have you been to worlds? And I was like, yeah. He's like, he was like, what's the best you you've done? And I said, I want it. And he goes, no way. Um, yeah, so like I think that's a good example of um if you know what you're talking about, then it doesn't matter what your accomplishments are. So
1: So kind of on the other end of that spectrum is mm-hmm. the idea that coaching in general is I don't want to say a scam, because everyone will like. Allude to it and then kind of backtrack. You know that thing people will do on the internet of like, this is the worst, it's terrible. But it's not that bad to make you kind of like, oh, I'll come around to their side, right? Uh yeah. What do you say to people who would say, Well, coaching's not actually that helpful, just play the game more, just find friends to play with, and then you'll be fine.
0: Hmm. Uh I think it's I think it's interesting. Well, it depends how much time do you have to play? This is what you talked about. Um Time and money are essentially interchangeable currencies, mm-hmm. and you might not have, you might not have a lot of time because you work a lot, but you might have some spare money to spend on your hobbies. And if you want to get better quicker, like of course, coaching is going to help. You don't need it, you know what I mean? Like I'm sure you could spend tons of time, and and get better. And I probably would encourage you to do that yourself because the journey to like, I mean, figuring things out in card games is always more enjoyable. That's the fun mm-hmm. it, right? Oh yeah. So that, like be like, oh, I like thought of this crazy play. But if I just do the same thing that I've done 100 times, it's kind of repetitive. So I would encourage that. But, I mean, if you want to get better quicker, if you hit a plateau, of course, it's going to be useful. There's also two types of coaching, I would say. There is coaching that when you're preparing for a specific event and there is coaching where you're trying to improve overall as a player. And they're completely different. Mm -hmm. If someone's got a tournament on Saturday, like, and today's Thursday of course, all we're going to talk about is matchups. We're going to go through knowledge. You're going to make sure you're doing that. We're not probably going to barely touch on fundamentals. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you want to improve like extensively, um, then you actually have to take a different approach. Right. should be longer term. Shouldn't be focused on matchups should be focused on trying to get you to like learn and understand yourself and figure things out. Um, It shouldn't just be like dumping information because otherwise then it becomes a scam because then (laughs) it's like, um, you know, you could give a man a fish or, teach him to fish himself you know what i mean like yeah. if, if you just teach someone matchup knowledge and then they become reliant on you for matchup knowledge and can't figure the stuff out themselves then, then it's a scam mm-hmm. but, but um you know i mean if if someone has a tournament and they're like i've been struggling with the giratina matchup i don't have much time let's work on it then like you know you can you can do that but it depends on your specific goals
1: that makes sense so in your eyes as both an accomplished player a coach like everything involved in that there's the kind of two ways that you would go about either being a client or doing a coaching session. If you are a coach and that would be Mm. focusing on a specific, like I want to do well at the Charlotte regionals and I'm playing Giratina. Like what's my 60th card? What are the math? Like, how do I beat Charizard? And then the other one is the, Hey, I've never done better than three, five at a regional. And I would like to convert that. And that's more of a like, well, let's play games and figure out where your flaws are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the best use of coaching is as an extra pair of eyes to try and understand where you can improve. Um, I think that if you want to find matchup knowledge, I'm sure you could find it anywhere on the internet. Maybe not anywhere. I'm sure you could find some, right? (laughs) Um, Like, yeah, you could definitely do it. You could watch a bunch of replays, see what pros do. But you know, at the end of the day, if you're hitting a plateau, sometimes it's just nice having an extra pair of eyes. Um, There's so many different like aspects of it as well. Like I find with seniors, like, one of the best things you can do with coaching is actually coaching, not teaching, like, you know, like a sports coach. Mm -hmm. Because juniors sometimes need to learn, but seniors, if they're played through juniors, um, are usually quite good at this point, Mm -hmm. but they lack confidence. Um, And so, like, sometimes with them, I just, you just try and be like a motivational coach, you know what I mean? Um, And I think it works wonders. Uh, So there's a lot of, like, trying to understand specifically um, what people want.
2: Can you
1: talk more about that idea of a mental? Because I guess that would be the third the third branch of the everything. <laughs> I guess
0: so. Yeah, I mean, it can go lots. I think, well, this is the thing, right? So you've got skill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, and I think, sorry, I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think the best way to put this. I also want to put a disclaimer. It feels weird. When I made that video, I was very particular to not using I statements because I didn't want any of it the discussion to be an advertising for coaching or anything like that Mm -hmm. um so i I was very careful so it feels weird talking about it in this sense you can advertise
1: here that's fine that i think that's you give me some of your time (laughs) yeah no no no.
0: (laughs) i don't want to i want the discussion to be separate you know what i mean i I don't want it to seem seem loaded but basically um i think what's interesting is that i i I describe it as like some people are gamers and some people play pokemon and there is a distinct difference and a difference is gamers will be up till 3am the night before a tournament and still play the tournament super fine
2: <laughs> That's I, not me. I
0: used to be like that i used to be a gamer now i'm not i'm like i'm 24 now i think i'm like getting you know arthritis like it's all going man Bro, i have to sleep you're well a baby now. like
1: no you don't get that <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness anyway yeah there
0: there are different people there are like people who are gamers and not and i think that's how it changes because if you're not then you know, you have to look at things a bit more methodically. So when it comes, the reason I bring that up is essentially you have like a skill ceiling that you have, right? (laughs) You have like this total pool of your skill at Pokemon. And at least from my experience, um, I would find that sometimes at tournaments, I can't use all of that. Some tournaments, I would be like, I didn't make a single mistake. I'm super confident. (laughs) And then other tournaments would be like, man, why did I do that? I didn't do that last time. Mm -hmm. Right, And there's so many little factors that go into it. So decisions can be really like, or maybe you understand all the plays, but how much can you do it in under pressure? How much can you like react from making a mistake? Can you recover? Do you get tilted? Because there's a massive mental element. Mm -hmm. And I think like the gamers in the community, sometimes I guess dispel that because they, you know, they oh you just, just play better. Um, But I don't think it's quite that simple. And you need to try and be working to use all of your, skill available, um, rather than playing to, like, 80% of it.
1: So, would you say that there is, like, a group of people out there who could be mental coaches for someone who's like, I am getting tilted. <laughs> like, I am... I'm, like, I'm seeing the correct line of play, and then I'm just doing the wrong thing because my brain is heading in the wrong direction out of nowhere. Like, is there groups of people who can help you with that?
0: I'm sure. I mean, I'm anyone with, like, a background in that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, like, if anyone has any experience in terms of i mean themselves um this is what i think you said is that when i talk about gamers i think that maybe people haven't had to do this Mm -hmm. people haven't had to like introspectively look and see what's causing them to have like you know performance issues within tournaments and and things like that i personally um for a long time like i had a physical illness for a really long time Mm -hmm. uh which would cause like a lot of i'd be really sick at tournaments um and so that that was one thing that would affect it and i try and really figure out ways to get around that. Um, and then obviously sleep and, and everything like that. Um, but it's a tough thing to learn how to help people with because my skills were in Pokemon originally when I started coaching. They weren't in, they weren't in that. They weren't in like mm-hmm. mental work and psychology and stuff. And so you kind of have to figure that on the, out on the fly, but it's important. And I'm sure yourself, like you'd know, having like studied education to, to become a teacher, mm-hmm. how important those kind of things are as well
1: oh for sure yeah no there's (laughs) there's a massive just everything psycho psychological is going to be a big deal and i think that's an interesting even going back to the accomplishments as a coach like if that's something you're looking for if you're like my play isn't great but that's not my biggest issue right now my biggest issue is whatever the mental side is and Mm. you don't really care about the accomplishments of a player like if you're going to a coach and you're like well you've top aided 17 regionals in a row like, that person's probably not gonna be great. And they might be, but they might not be yeah. great at like, they're not getting tilted all the time because they're winning a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they're just like, oh, just just pay more attention. Right. And it's like, that doesn't work for most people out there. Like, well, have you considered just being hyper focused? And it's like, yeah, I <laughs> considered it. It doesn't work. <laughs> That's not really a thing I do.
0: <laughs> and I mean, also, there's so many different things. What if you, what if you, Um, you know, what if you suffer from ADHD? Mm-hmm. But, someone that you're working with doesn't know how to, doesn't understand that at all, or, or doesn't, you know, grasp that or that affects you in a way that you can't quite articulate. I mean, I'm sure that, that is the thing as well. Uh, I would probably recommend when it comes, if this is something specifically you're looking at within a coach, um, I would look for some, and obviously, and you want someone with accomplishments. I would look for someone uh, who has had periods of not doing well. Mm -hmm. That is the best thing I can say, because then they've had to work through it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they've managed to perform at the top level and, and get fantastic results, but also sometimes don't do that well, well then I'm sure they've done the work to try and figure out what's what's going wrong. Like, and I'm sure. um I mean, look at look at Azul. Like he had, I think he had a streak where he missed a couple day twos in a row, and now he's on like three or four top eights in a row. Mm-hmm. Um And you just have streaks, and that takes like you know to bounce back from them. It takes a lot of fortitude. So it's mm-hmm. nice to to think that your coach would have experienced the same thing you're going through.
1: For sure. For sure. Uh, have any other last second thoughts on coaching before we jump into our, how to improve at the game without playing the game? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the next section. I mean, it's, it's similar. Are we going to build on some of the things? Um, yeah. I don't think so. I think um, I, one, one last thing, I think there is an example, and this is, I guess, similar to what I've done when I've got coaching recently from people. I had one, student once who i was very impressed with and really pushed me was uh he came in uh, i think i'd played him at a regionals in the states uh Mm -hmm. and he put a coaching session with me and he had like a bullet point list of exactly what he wanted to do and work on and the exact questions he had to maximize like i think it was only an hour to Mm -hmm. absolutely maximize the time absolutely and he asked me before the session and in the session and that really pushed it but that is what you should do if you are like super focused and want to get the most out of it then you go in with a plan. yes. That's exactly what you want to know and what you can get out of it. Then like, it's very clear to see if they're meeting your goals or not, rather than to just go in and let someone mm-hmm. try and lead it. Um, I think is the best way. If you have a very clear vision on how to improve this This guy came in and you're know, like, how do I improve this skill, this skill, this skill? What do I do for that? And some of, some of it I had to be like, man, that's a really good question. How do you <laughs> Over that, and then that pushed me to think about it, and I figured it out, or had some recommendations, or maybe after the session I'd spend a couple hours thinking about it and be like, yeah, okay, that might help, and then you message them and follow up after. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the thing. If you if you're thinking about it, make sure you go in prepared, and it's also your responsibility to make sure you try and get as much out of it as well.
1: I want to piggyback off of that because it's both a mixture of a decade of teaching experience, masters in education, and I was also getting coached in the Pokemon trading card game. And I think all of that combines for everything you just said. Uh, Mm. One thing as a teacher is it always takes me weeks, months to get into everyone's brain to figure out kind of that, like, well, where do you need help with? How do you need help specifically? That type of stuff. Obviously, it won't take months of coaching for that to happen because it's one-on-one and et cetera, but it is not instant. Mm. You have to spend a little bit of time playing games with each other and watching what's happening and then finding the flaws versus... I already know my flaws at the game, right? So I think that's a really good advice of like, I know what I need to work on. I know why I've hired you. These are the things. And that way you as a coach don't have to spend a bunch of time figuring out what the player already knows. The other one that you didn't mention, but I know is right on that list. So even before the podcast, a little behind the scenes for everyone, we we're talking about Henry's love of notepads and writing things down.
0: <laughs> I got two right here. <laughs>
1: I would highly recommend anyone who gets coaching or anyone who is testing, write stuff down. This is something I did when I got my first coaching session because I, was, I learned to be a good student by the time I got my master's. It took me, what is that, uh, 12 plus 4, 16. It was the 17th and 18th year of my educational life where I finally started taking notes. And I was like, holy this is great. If I take notes, I learn so much more. And so when I got my first coaching session, I was writing down everything, blah, 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 right? And then at the end of the session, I was like, hey, can I read back to you my notes and let you know what happened? And the coach was like, uh, yeah, you took notes. And then I read back some of the stuff that he said. And he's like, oh, I said those things. Like, that's really smart. It's <laughs> was like, yeah, yeah, those, it was really smart. Thank you so much. But yeah, just write that stuff down so that when I was playing on my own, I could read through and I could very quickly find like, oh yeah remember i need to know what or how am i going to take my six prizes or i was a beginner player right so like prize mapping was very much something that i had to work on right or like my resources don't over bench like how many buzzwalls do i need to win this game like just two more buzzwalls. like i don't need to bench three more right so like i just had all this stuff written down so that every game on ptcgo live nowadays that i played i was able to look at and I was still able to get a ton out of, instead of just blindly playing the game and being like, I'm sure this is going well. Like, no, I know it's going well because I wrote the notes down from the lesson that I paid for. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think the last thing I want to say incredibly mm-hmm. briefly is also, um, there is a lot of people and us talking positively for coaching, but uh, also, you. I mean, if you want to play yourself and don't need it, you do not need it. Mm-hmm. If you want to enjoy the game as it is, if you... Want to figure everything out yourself? I also really recommend that as a journey as well. Don't feel pressured into it by any like, oh, all my friends are getting coaching. It's not for you, then don't. It's not a huge deal. I think yeah, figuring things out yourself can also be just as rewarding.
1: Yeah, go back about three months and listen to our episode with Victor where he talks about practice versus testing and a lot of like playing limitless tabletop against yourself and how to take that data and actually use it to better yourself. Because if you're like, I'd like to self coach, I think that's the fun part. Uh, Victor does talk a lot about how to do that part. So highly recommend. This podcast is sponsored by Tabletop Village. Tabletop Village is the premier Pokemon first trading card game store in the United States. And if you shop at tabletopvillage.com and use code MELLOW5, that's M-E-L-L-O-W, the number 5, you will receive 5% off your order of any sealed products, any sleeves, or even other games that they have, including yu gi Oh, One One Piece or Flesh and Blood. So be sure to shop at tabletopvillage.com, use code MELLOW5 to help support the podcast. So one of the things that you had wanted to talk about as well was improving without playing the Pokemon trading card game. Which, when you first brought this up to me, I was like, that's so cool. Like, that is something I can use. And the more I've thought about it since you DM'd me that idea, the more I've been like, I don't entirely know what that <laughs> means. So, I want to preface with why I think it's a good topic, and this is me saying it. Uh, Azul, on his podcast and streams, has been very much like, the best way to play is to just play all the games. And it feels like there's some line in between play all the games and play no games, (laughs) where uh, there Mm. are other ways to improve and get better at the game beyond just shoving your face into PTCG Live all day. So, Henry, what else can be done besides playing until you hit Arceus rank?
0: (laughs) Okay, well, let's, let's build on... Uh, let's build on the stuff we talked about with all the coaching because we we kind of signposted a few other things mm-hmm. um there are a bunch of fundamental skills that are useful in strategy games especially card games based because of the probability element uh that will regardless like be useful to you okay so you have a certain amount of skill in pokemon and mm-hmm. you want to make sure you're using 100 percent of it like we were saying yeah. right that's part of this right and there are so many other ways to use 100 percent of it so I think this is a useful topic because I mean, it's very easy. And, and I mean, I've been asked this before. Obviously, it's only one tournament, but the easy question for people like who aren't around, or maybe my friends who don't play Pokemon, will say, Okay, you've won worlds. Like, what's next? <laughs> okay, well, let's assume uh, that your like, knowledge of Pokemon is really solid. Your decks or lists that you make are really good. Your play specific to Pokemon is really good. How can you go from there? So, one of the ways that I've been trying to like, not one of, but some of the ways I've been trying to like maximize this is a better understanding of the maths, mm-hmm. um, a much better understanding of the maths. So one of the ways I think you can really push the top skill level and when you get to that thing, so the better you get at Pokemon, the less likely you are to win against someone of a similar skill, even if you're better, mm-hmm. right? It's like the, uh, someone who is a 5 out of 10 at Pokemon might have a better chance to beat a 4 out of 10 than a 9 does a 7. Okay. It kind of curves like that. So the better mm-hmm. you get, the less actual skill it involves, obviously, because you're playing the game better and better, and so it becomes more probabilistic. So mm-hmm. if the way you can push the really margins is you can get really good at the maths. So what I try and practice is uh, trying to do like actual like, quick calculations. Like I'm playing, I'll think, okay, I've got 20-ish cards in deck. What's the better choice? given that i have these things um and that's really tricky obviously to do but even understanding it is important so i said to you just before because you're like what are you talking about with this don't play pokemon what do you i don't get it you said that to me and i was like okay best thing you can do first thing you can do is um is do an online probability course mm-hmm. series of youtube videos I'm just, i think there's a bunch of free ones from like you know some of the ivy leagues or something like there's some really good stuff hmm um, do a very simple probability and maybe even stats course. Uh, you don't have to know the maths; you just have to understand the concepts. Mm-hmm. It's really important. Think about like—I mean, you would have seen this to death, but the whole fleet-footed versus generator. Do you remember? that?
1: <laughs> oh, I do. I was watching James's stream the very first time when he ranted about it for like an hour. It was great. <laughs> I loved it.
0: So, so the maths-wise, it makes no difference. Yeah, it makes absolutely no difference. Like, if you fleet-foot first, people go, "Well, if you draw an energy, then your generator's lower." Okay, well, if you don't draw an energy, then your generator's higher. Mm-hmm. So it balances out. That's like one, an example of the, the concepts you'd learn. And regardless of the maths, thinking in that way is really beneficial to card games because you're, it's all probability. So mm-hmm. um, that's super useful. So do a maths course. Uh, and there are a bunch of others. Like, I mean, you are competing, mm-hmm. right? You are competing. What kind of things do you think are generally good if you're competing at anything?
1: Oh, gosh. Competing? Yeah. uh i don't know i don't know which way you want to go with this there's like the actual competition like your own mental state of like hey i'm yeah. in this i want to win is that okay
0: absolutely yeah for sure i mean have you seen that did you see the article a while back of chess players burning something like you know yeah. some ridiculous amount of calories a day you see that yeah yeah and so what they do is they all get in like well they i'm try i've seen some chess players and i think they all do it but um they try and get in good shape you know what mm-hmm. i mean that's one i mean that's an example there's stamina like you know there's a whole bunch of i mean I, now i sounding like a guru but you know like yeah. mindfulness like anything that helps your concentration
2: mm-hmm. is
0: a way you can do it literally anything it could be learning chess it could be learning an instrument like anything that improves your concentration because the thing with card games especially when it's on live is that it is a especially like online like live mm-hmm. is a video game it's more stimulating than playing with the cards in person There's more flashing lights, there's more like things designed to be fun and and Mm -hmm. engaging, right? So sometimes you can struggle actually doing that in a tournament, waiting for your opponent's turn, price checking. So anything that helps your concentration is Mm -hmm. really valuable. Um, I I know that definitely helps people. Um, It's probably one of the best things you can do is trying to work on that. Uh, How you do it is up to you. There's so many different ways. Like I kind of hated the whole mindfulness stuff when I first (laughs) Like when I was younger, like when I played it, someone was like, you should try and work on your concentration. Surely that would help you. I'd be Mm -hmm. like, no way. Uh, But now I'm, now I'm open to it. But whatever works specifically for you, I would say is Mm. useful on that front.
1: I like that concentration one because I mean, you've probably seen the exact same thing too, where you play against some people sometimes and you can see that they're not fully following what you're doing on your turn. And it's like, Mm. oh, you're like, you're not here. You're not present in the moment, following Mm. what's happening, thinking through, okay, well, how did my opponent's flower selecting change what I'm going to do? And which, I mean, to be fair, is very hard. If you're listening to this and you're like, I can't sit through a Giratina turn one because it takes too freaking long. Valid. (laughs) I totally understand. But being able to sit there and, I mean, if you listen to the last podcast, I mentioned beating one of the Giratina players who just kept cooking and I was like, I should, I should lose this game every time, but they keep throwing good stuff in the loss zone, right? The fact I'm paying yeah. attention, I'm watching every single flower selecting, and I'm watching the decisions they're making, and it's like, oh, like they are opening up a win condition for me that shouldn't be there. So it is incredibly yeah. valuable to be concentrated, right?
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it. I've there are two tournaments. I had a pretty poor string of of events. Um, the last few ones I went to, mm-hmm. there was. So actually, this is worth talking about. The first one was um, Vancouver. Uh, that was the first regional that ever missed day two at, or like actually missed top 32 app. Um, mm-hmm. And I slept terribly. And for me, that was, that was what I attributed it to. Mm-hmm. I, I slept really poorly. I was like, you know what? Um, one game absolutely made mistakes. Like, not even a doubt. And this is useful. I lost on a 3% chance. I did the maths afterwards. <laughs> yeah. But I could have done something slightly different the previous turn and had a 100% chance.
2: Oh, and so I can't really be upset.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I can't be upset, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, like, okay, it was extremely unlikely, but I, it didn't need to be. It could have been certain. So I actually lost from my own like, mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was another round where I lost, but I was kind of uh, looking back on it afterwards. I was like, I don't think I made any mistakes, but I also was not in it. And so I don't think I have accurate, like, I don't think I was paying enough attention to know if I made mistakes or not. Um, and so that was a good one. But then after Brazil, for example, after LAIC, I was like, you know what? No, I'm like pretty confident. This was a rough day. Mm -hmm. Um, I had some really tough games. Um, like it just didn't draw great, played pretty well. That's okay. I'm happy with that. But the Vancouver, I was like, man, like I, I can't, I gotta be doing better than this. So, (laughs) Uh that's that's a good example is like making sure that you're actually concentrating and blaming the right things.
1: I feel like that I can't even remember what misplays I made because I wasn't <laughs> paying enough attention yeah. in my own game is look, all of us feel attacked, listeners. <laughs> I feel attacked by that. <laughs> Henry said that about himself, like we've all been there before.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean absolutely and, and there are so many like I think I think Celia said this. Mm-hmm. Um There was like, I think the finals of Milwaukee, there was one match and Celio said in a a chat I was in with him, he goes, there's Henry looks like unbelievably focused. There's no way he's losing. (laughs) Um, And that's not like, obviously that's not true. Like anything can happen in a game. But to me, I think the difference in how I felt mentally when I do really well compared to when I do average Mm -hmm. um, is definitely there. I definitely do feel like sometimes I'm just not in the zone. Um And I think that's like something to, definitely useful to talk about. I feel like i don't always make use of like I said the whole skill that you have, and that 's like the trick that you're you're fighting against yourself with
1: I think that's something I can also say of myself, so I assume listeners you're in that same boat of like the tournaments where you have done well, you feel like you're in a different mind state or a different flow state of just like i'm here, this is it, like I've got everything's working right every flower selecting quick search whatever feels so good and i'm fully focused on which individual move is correct to reach a goal versus i'm gonna refinement some stuff and see what happens or whatever guardy players do i don't know
0: (laughs) yeah no without a doubt i think it's i think it's important and in terms of other things you can do Mm -hmm. um because i think it's really cool to that's what i've been trying to do is trying to like find a bunch of things that i can improve and I'm thinking at some point I'll make some YouTube videos like this, but um, because I was thinking of what, what I'd actually want to make and I think that's what it would be. But mm-hmm. I think there's so many things you, you can do, um, like we've already talked about. But one that I did is there was this situation, like a probability thing, mm-hmm. where um, you would have a better chance. Uh, it was like an Archeops Lugia thing. Basically, summary of it, do you play Serena and draw three? looking for only an archaeops because you already got a way to discard it mm-hmm. or do you research your whole hand draw seven and hope to hit archaeops and a way to discard it
2: mm-hmm.
0: so I hope that is relatively clear yeah basically makes sense. The, the, the answer is the answer is dependent on the ratios of cards in your deck mm-hmm. um, how many of each thing do you have so it depends on that but what i did is i modeled it out um i had someone help me build a, like a little script that, that would do it basically yeah. that you could change it's not super complicated you Hand by hand is a little bit tricky, but yeah, you can basically, I modeled it quickly. And then I figured out a way to see roughly which side of it I was on when I was playing, mm-hmm. which side of this, this number. So, um, an easier example is let's say you have a, I've seen a calculator that shows the chance of hitting a pokey gear mm-hmm. based on different cards in your deck, right? 0%
1: always never hits.
0: Yeah. Zero, <laughs> zero, always zero. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what I learned from this. Yeah. And this is a way to imp- you're improving a Pokemon by doing this without playing Pokemon, which is again the, the thesis of this topic. But mm-hmm. basically, you have about a coin flip chance at the start of a game to poke gear for a coal rest if all four are in your deck. Mm-hmm. It's slightly above fifty, mm-hmm. uh, slightly above fifty. So maybe I think it's almost dead on. So well, if the um, if because of that, do you always flower select as much as you can first? What if that by doing that you lock yourself out of your play? So let's say you could flower select again, but it means you have to jet energy a comfy, Mm all right? So you're playing Giratina, but by jet energy in the comfy, you lock yourself out of using Abyss Seeking. Mm -hmm. So would you rather gear first to see if you get rest to keep Abyss Seeking open, or would you rather jet to increase the chance?
1: Ooh, what am I playing against? Are they going to hit 220 on turn two? Is that going to lose me the game? Do I have a second Giratina? Like, (laughs) there's more questions. (laughs) Yeah.
0: There's, there's a million questions, but it's, it's useful to know the breakpoints because then mm-hmm. you can further educate yourself on, on what's useful. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to do that or not? Um, and there's a whole lot to it, but that's quite... I mean, we're not going to get into deck-specific stuff, yeah. but that's a way that something you do outside of the tournament can specifically help you, and outside of playing Pokemon, can help you with decisions in-game, uh, which I think is yeah super useful. And obviously people will say, watch your games back, and obviously that's useful too, but I still kind of classify that as playing Pokemon.
1: There's also kind of on that math thing, there's getting too lost in the math occasionally as someone who's done this before. So, my examples, as you mentioned, Pokegear and Giratina, right? It's like, all right, do you play a Pokegear or do you play like some other draw supporter, right? Like an Iono? Because then you're talking about like, well, if you could play five Cholerus, you could, right? Yeah. And my, you know, you figure out, and I figured out Pokegear is approximately half of a Chorus, all things considered. And it was like, why would I use a deck slot on half a Chorus versus that? And I was like, okay, well, this is terrible. I would always want an Iono over it. And then that has been something that I've kind of changed my mind on because that initial math of Pokegear is half mm-hmm. a Chorus, Iono's one Iono. One Iono is always better. And it's like, well, you can just use the Pokegear later in the game. And then it becomes a different card. And the Iono is always the same card, right? And so sometimes you get lost in that math and you have to really think about yeah. all those scenarios when you're doing, I know you know this, but like, there's a lot of extra stuff beyond just the, like, there is- what's the probability of doing this? Like, well, in that one situation, it's 50%. What about all the other situations?
0: Yeah. Yeah. What about like when the Pokey becomes the third boss at the end of the game, when you mm-hmm. have like 10 cards in deck, right? So there's a lot to it. I think, again, this is a good example of like how some kind of probability or statistics course can help is because it teaches that kind of thinking Mm -hmm. where you can actually interpret the data better uh, rather than just, um, you know, just look at the first number you see. So that's uh, useful for sure. The other thing as well that I I think is useful, we talked about concentration, but there's a concept. Well, not a con- there's a thing with human like consciousness and, and intelligence but, like working memory mm-hmm. do you know much about that yeah yeah um it's just like the ability to be able to like hold things in your head mm-hmm. step by step um is essentially what it is and it's um with executive function so basically um uh, i would find like when i would play poorly or, or if i was a bit tired or specifically when i was was unwell for a while it would be really poor and when I would make mistakes, what I would do is I would go like, okay, I have to do this, then this, then this, then this. So, one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. And I'd go step one, step two, step four. <laughs> and I'd skip step three. Yeah. And I'd be like, there's no way. And I lost, like, the most ridiculous games to doing that. Genuinely, the most ridiculous things. Like, one time I was playing Mewtwo, and like, I discarded the Solgaleo I needed to attack, and then I looked down and I discarded, like, a Welder or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I just lost concentration. So, I like I don't know specifically um, like ways to help that other than like you know playing certain things, but there are a wealth of resources online that would be able to help improve and train like working memory. Yeah, uh, and I think an understanding of like how concentration works is super useful.
1: Yeah, and that's a big one. Working memory is something that uh, most people don't have very like it's not a very well developed thing because your mm-hmm. your survival doesn't depend on a very robust set of information stored in that short-term memory right a lot of that is like okay you only need it's what five plus or minus two or seven plus or minus two pieces of information stored in there at any given time it's a pretty small number but in pokemon that's not enough (laughs) right and there's also ways in the pokemon trading card game to minimize the amount of things you have to store in there like looking at your opponent's discard pile like instead of remembering how many bosses they've played just look at it and you can keep that information out of that piece of memory so you can focus on the other stuff right so there's there are little ways in the game too that you can kind of make that better in addition to uh training it and just practicing different things where i mean like you said i'm not an expert on how to improve your memory that is one of the few things that i'm quite good at so it's like oh There's stuff out there, though, to definitely increase that a little bit for you, and then you're going to suddenly realize, like, oh, that step-by-step process, I'm remembering it even better. I'm remembering my prize cards without looking at what I wrote down quite as often, you know, things like that. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I think um, if you've ever struggled with, like, the kind of foresight and step-by-step planning, Mm -hmm. then this is what it is, is it's working memory. Um, And that's a really good way to improve it. And I guess the, the summary of all of this is, like, Whilst you don't have to be physically fit to play Pokemon, like you might a sport, yeah. um, there is a like being more mentally fit can definitely improve it for sure. There are a whole bunch of mental skills that are not Pokemon specific that will help you improve at Pokemon specifically in a tournament setting, mm-hmm. um, for sure, without a doubt.
1: I think that's super good advice. Oh, sounds good. We'll see if people actually listen to it. Uh, I'll see if I listen to it. Heck, I just talked to you about this. Like, I feel like I should be the best person. I just paid you for an hour of mental coaching session. Like, I should be good now. <laughs> Henry, where can the people find, yeah. find you if they want more from you?
0: Um, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on, yeah, Twitter. Um, you can look there. Basically, that's all I am at the moment. Um, Fair. Probably got to launch a couple other social media platforms soon, but the only place at the moment is Twitter. Um, so that's the best one. Uh, that's pretty much for me i post videos occasionally on you twitter where uh i talk about stuff like this except in a little bit shorter context so yeah
1: and so the people know what's your next event
0: uh my next event is melbourne regionals Ooh,
1: when's melbourne in
0: a couple weeks uh what are we from now like two weeks time oh that's too soon <laughs>
1: Ugh. just Ugh. just play charizard it's fine
0: <laughs> yeah I might
1: go let's go uh myself you can find me on twitch twitter and youtube at mellow underscore thank you to everyone who has ever told anyone about this show uh i'm bad at advertising so if you tell a friend or a random opponent a league challenge you are doing me a great service and helping grow the show and grow the community as well i hope at least this has been another episode of the lake of rage podcast we'll catch you all next week